Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. Welcome to today's podcast, the Meetings and Events Podcast. We're doing something different today, and I'm joined here with Sean Specey, and we're going to just co-host this thing and each uh, use it for our own podcasts. Well, and that's fun because I'm so excited to be a guest on yours and you get to be a guest on mine. So, yeah. Um, our our podcast is Mic Drop Events and I love that we got to connect on LinkedIn and you've got expertise and your company does some really cool stuff that we don't do and we do some really cool stuff that you guys might not necessarily do. So it's a really fun complimentary conversation, which is, and we were even talking like this is our first time of like hitting record for 30 minutes Yep, and then it's going to be a half and half kind of fun, fun conversation. So I'll, I love this. I'm excited to be here with you, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, we're kind of like the same person in different States almost. Um, yeah. and so we'll, we'll see if that holds to be true. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to start off with an interview and then get interviewed and, and who knows what's going to happen here, but, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So Sean, it, you work at elevate events and, and you guys have pivoted into virtual events and you guys, you're kind of like a master of all trades in, in this thing. Uh, I, I know you are, uh, hosting events. You're part of, you know, designing, producing, you know, being, uh, the tech specialist at times, you know, kind of all things as it relates to virtual events. Um, but one of the things that some of our, um, you know, clients and prospects are asking about is, should we get a host for virtual events? And, and what, what does that look like? Um, is that someone that we should recruit from the inside or, from the outside, pay for, et cetera. So I'd love to get some of your perspective on this because uh, you've often played the role of host and um, you are outside of your client's organization, clearly. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of your opinions on that, what works, um, why you think uh, hosts are uh, a part of virtual events, et cetera. Yeah, that's a fantastic question and even a thought process, one that people have been asking for a while now. And the interesting thing is let's let's imagine like pre pre-COVID, right? Pre-corona. Yeah. Yep. You've got a ballroom, you've got a ballroom full of people. And who if you're doing like an internal event, you're putting it on internally, but it's really for your clients. Let's say right. uh, you're trying to recruit and like even engage with your best clients if you're a company, a lot of times the personality or the profile that they're looking for is someone who's outgoing, who's knowledgeable. That's kind of like the, the rock star internally in sales, Absolutely. Or marketing yep. in a VP type position. Yep. And what, what's interesting is if you select that type of person to be the host MC of your entire event, yep. what is the one thing they don't get to do at your event with all of your customers in the room? Right. Attend. They don't get to they don't get to be an attendant and they don't yeah. get to talk with, with your own customers. Right. right? Exactly. They're, they're on a stage the whole time. They've got to think about what's coming mm-hmm. up next. They've got to be listening to the speakers so that they can tie it into the next one. And if they do get the chance to like step off stage and put the microphone down for a second, then they're going to get interrupted in the middle of a conversation, maybe with an amazing client because they have to go back on stage. Right. And so there's there is this tension between well, I hiring someone outside who might not fit like what we're looking for. Sure. If that's the case then just keep shopping cuz I'm sure that there's someone out there that fits what you're looking for. Right. But then also there's um this this side of well, what do I want my people to be doing at our own events and should they be the ones introducing? Now, specifically for virtual events, 
it's a little bit different, right? Because sure. you're not able to be in a room with all of your clients, but you still can. So for example, we just did an event for this company called the Energy Authority out of Jacksonville, Florida, and it was for their clients. I was yep. the host MC of it. I produced it. It was a, it, I didn't, pro- we didn't produce the whole conference. We did, they wanted okay. their, te- their comp, they wanted their clients to be able to have like a happy hour, fun networking kind of atmosphere virtually. Yep. And so we did a game show with them. But what okay, they did cool. is they, when we sent their clients into breakout rooms, then uh, that we sent one like salesperson or one representative from the company per breakout room okay. with their customers. Yep. And so I was able to, my personality, I was able to be like the main MC game show host. And then I was able to allow, because I did that, all of their best people who should be building relationships with their customers and their prospects were able to do that. They, yeah, they so, could focus on that. Yeah. And, and so it's like, what do you want your people to be focusing on? And then specifically for virtual events, we always usually recommend someone to be an MC pairing with, even if you want someone internally, like we've got a bunch of nonprofits and that are clients. And a lot of times they're like, Hey, we really need this person to be on camera and on screen or even companies do as well. And that's great. But what we recommend is having kind of a co-host because moderating and emceeing a virtual event is kind of crazy sometimes. You've got yep. chat is flowing in one side. Yes. You've got things Omni channel. Up on the screen. Yep. Yeah. People are changing their Zoom backgrounds to distract you. Like there's yeah. so much going on. <laughs> and like even in the studio, I just gave you a tour of our studio here a few minutes yeah. ago. In order, in order to make virtual events engaging from our perspective, from an MC perspective, like an entertainment side, yep. we've got one, two, three camera angles. We've got yeah. two different TVs in here. I've got lights like literally surrounding me. Yep. And so it's kind of like sensory overload if you're not used to it and you don't yep. know where to look. Yep. So so we recommend having kind of a co-host because that allows the person from your company, if they do need to be that person on screen, to focus on what they need to say. And then the host MC gets to focus on the technical side yep. and explain, hey, on Zoom, there's going to be this green notification in your breakout room at the top of your screen that says you've got one minute left. Yep. They don't, the CEO of your company doesn't need to know that. Right. So, no, they can't. So. Yeah, that's those are a couple of the benefits really of hiring an MC and then and then going back to the looking for the right person. Yeah. You can it's like it's almost like it is a job interview because you're hiring someone to do a job, maybe it's for a day or for a couple of days for your company, but find someone that's going to represent your brand well yeah. and find someone that's going to be able to actually like learn the lingo that that like takes notes while you're talking because that's what a great MC moderator is going to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really helpful. And I think there's some good practical things in there. I like the idea of a co-host. I mean, if you think about live sports, they've been doing that for years. You've yeah. got someone who's doing kind of the literal and someone else doing the color commentary. And and that allows the other to, you know, you know, your, your parts in the play. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I know I'm always going to do color and someone else is always kind of going to do the specifics. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think that that's really helpful. Um, I'd be interested to hear from you, you know, when you're talking with your clients about the idea of hosting, how much, how much do you really feel like is appropriate for prep for that? Like discovery, getting in, understanding the clients and and what does that look like for you and your process? 
Yeah, that's a amazing question. One actually that nobody's ever asked me before. <laughs> so it's fun even just to be thinking about it on the fly. So the yeah. interesting part about the preparation process. So what we're kind of in an interesting spot because we're part small part production company. We don't do like large scale productions. We usually yep. say we usually bring in a partner like your company, for yep. example, to handle things like we don't have a fifty foot LED wall. Yep. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. With and that, so I, yep. need, I need help with that, right? And so um, we are we do small scale production, and then virtual. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But then we also do part event planning and the MC portion as well. Yep. And so really the reason why we got into event planning was because we were working so much with the people making events, which a lot of times they don't have event planner or event planning in their job description or in their job title, right? Sure. Yep. It's an executive assistant or the VP of marketing. That's usually yep. who gives us a call because they're like, hey, I've, we want to do this event. I don't have someone who does this regularly. Can you help us? Yeah. And so really how it started, how our business started was we used to just be known as the on-screen or on-stage talent. Okay. And then because we were doing it so often, we would chime in on their conversations when they were in the middle of the event planning side. We They yep. would ask us to be involved, which is part of your question. Yep. I really believe in ev involving your mo MC moderator in the planning side because they can hear the reasons why you're making decisions. That makes sense. Rather than just show up on the day of and say, well, why did you choose this? Because that doesn't make any sense and we need to change it to do this. And then it just stresses everybody out. Yep. So I recommend involving whoever's going to be the MC moderator, at least if, if not from the very beginning, probably about the middle of your planning process because they can hear the reason why again. Uh, but what was happening is we were starting, we were doing it so often, they would start to include us a little bit earlier and we would give thoughts and input because we were always thinking about, hey, if you ask the audience to do this, that means that I have to say this and that just doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't flow. The flow. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we always love thinking about is the flow. Yeah. And there's a ton of different ways to think about that. There's actually a woman um, named Emma Pitts uh, okay. from a production company here in the Atlanta area called Pulsepark. And she has this amazing diagram that she draws where it kind of looks like an alligator mouth. It's like this V that's getting narrower. And she talks about how people's, when they start, when you start an event, people's emotions and where they're entering their mindset are all over the map. Some people are going to be like on cloud nine. Some people are going to be like just... They're just going to be depleted of all kinds of energy. Yeah. And by the end of the event, you want to narrow those emotions and you want to narrow those feelings and narrow that mindset to where everybody leaves on the same page. Yep. And you as an event planner are writing what you want that to be. So yeah. what, how do you want people feeling when they leave the event? How do you want people to be thinking when they leave the event? Two mm -hmm. weeks later, when your event is just a memory, what do you want them to be talking about? Yeah. And so that's why we love being involved as an MC moderator host earlier on in the process because we can ask the questions that say, hey, if you want them to feel like that, then experientially, what if we try doing something creative like this yeah. to get everyone on the same page and then yep. leave this common thread and all those kinds of things? Yeah, that, it's really good. I, and, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about that is, you know, in with in person events, oftentimes that was handled through. Um, a reception, a welcome reception, right? It's kind of like, hey, you've traveled in. It's an yeah. easy, it's an easy entry. You know, we're not going to ask a lot about attendees because, yeah, they're coming in as you'd mentioned from Emma Pitts. This idea of there's 
they're, they're all over the map, you know, um, could be stressful. Some people could be excited, you know, there's emotions all over. So normalizing that and, and so that you can really kind of funnel this experience. And interestingly enough, and I haven't really thought about this with virtual events, oftentimes we just jam straight into the content, you know, you jump in and, and there's not really an, that, that ease into it. And so um, it's interesting to think about how a host could, could really help to um, level set the audience emotions, bring them into kind of a shared uh, frames mindset, you know, so uh, that's, that's really helpful. Um, yeah. You know, well, well, and, and I love that you even put two and two together because yeah. as, as I was talking about that, I, I, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Like we used to do something like a conference opener yeah. or a welcome reception, or you used yep. to hold, even if it's not necessarily a formal reception, yep. you used to have like a vendor trade show and maybe yeah, a little easy bit of entry while the doors are closed for the main ballroom. You're absolutely right. And so now what does that look like? Yeah. And virtually, like one of the things that we love to do is two things. We love to go live early okay. and we love to start engaging with the crowd about five to 10 minutes before the official start time, because you will get the early birds who log in early, yep. not many, yep. yeah. but you will get them. Yep. And then um, one of the second thing we love to do is we just love to do like a virtual event basics where yep. we go over the basics of the platform and it's almost like the housekeeping items that you would handle at the event. Like, Hey, restrooms are over here. Refreshments yep. are over here. Or instead now it's like, Hey, if you need to rename yourself, click here. Or yep. if you need the help desk, click here, whatever that yep. looks like. So that's, yep. these are, these are great elements that we can now talk about virtually because we have that framework. So I, l I love those thoughts. So already some gold here in today's conversation and nuggets. And I think another thing that, that somehow, uh, gets lost in the process of virtual events and something I know you're passionate about is that sometimes, not always, but sometimes in the process of getting some of these events off the ground, uh, we may lose track of whether or not the events are enjoyable or not, or fun or not. We can check off on all the right key metrics and get all the information we need in there and even minimize risk by doing everything pre-recorded or, um, you know, talk tracks for everything, but then in the end, find that re the result is that, um, it kind of lands a little flat. So I, I think that that's built into your name at elevate. Um, but also something I know you're passionate about. So maybe talk a little bit about how you guys help to bring some of the enjoyment to events. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because our name, like you brought up, is Elevate Experiences is the name of our company. And the reason why we selected that is twofold. Number one is elevate means to like to lift, to help yep. something go higher. Yeah. And so that's really the goal, the goal of it. And if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you can find us on social media. I'm standing in front of our logo right now, which is a wing. It's also an E and it means basically like to lift and help go higher. And then the reason why we chose experiences, we used to be elevate live events, but we went through a brand change and a name change a little while ago. And we changed it because we believe that experiences, or sorry, events are something that you attend. Yep. But an experience is something that you undergo, right? Mm. So like I had breakfast with my daughter and my wife this morning. That was an event. It was a moment in time where something happened. I was with my family. Yeah. That is an, an event in my life, but an experience would be something like taking my daughter with my wife uh, to her first ever like soccer practice 
um, soccer drills. She's three and a half years old. So it was so fun a couple weeks ago. Like that was an experience yeah. and actually like going through and, and doing different exercises with her is something that I underwent. And it was so fun. It was team building. It's going to be memories. We've got pictures. Whereas like, I don't have any pictures from breakfast this morning. I yeah, exactly. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, um, and so yes, like thinking through, if you're, if you're listening to this or watching this video, how can you make it an experience and not just an event is something that we talk about. And uh, again, like I just posted on LinkedIn this morning that events should be enjoyable. They right. should be enjoyable for you as the planner and the producing team. And you should, they should also be enjoyable, of course, for your audience, because if they're not going to be enjoyable for your audience, they're not going to want to come again. You right. might force them to, if it's an internal event for your company, yep. but they're not going to want to. And yep. if you don't want to be there and they don't want to be there, then there's really no point. Yeah. So it, even if you have to do like hard conversations for events or you have to do like, like we did, we did an event, a hybrid event for a company where it was part HR updates because it was like their annual benefits enrollment kind of thing. Yep. And then the second part was awards and they paired the two together. It's kind and, of fun. And it was kind of fun because like as the MC, I was wearing like this shiny gold jacket because we were going to be in awards and then I handed it off. And what's interesting is because there was already this air of celebration, yeah. the HR representatives that were there, that this is their client they're with, they ended up like making it engaging by asking questions and by joking around and by having a good time. And so it even made the HR side of what they were doing, which if you're an HR rep, hear me say HR is not all like boring. I know that that kind of right. stereotype, Yep. but it could have been an unengaging and a not very fun conversation. And it wasn't, Yeah. Um, it, it didn't seem that long at all. So I know that you and I talked briefly, I've got three quick points about how to make it enjoyable. Yeah. I'd love and to then, discuss those. Yeah. And then right after that, I get to flip the script on you and yeah. we, I get to interview you and ask you some questions. So the three parts are really simple. Number one is um, we highly recommend planning short segments at your event. So if you have two hours, think in terms of five minutes, 10 minutes, and 15 minutes okay. and do something like change something up every five, 10 or 15 minutes yep. and it will help everybody feel like it's going. So do like a two minute video and then a five minute, Hey, drop this in chat and inter interact with people. And then a 15 minute talk. And then if you're going to book a keynote speaker, even you can say, Hey, we're going to book you for 45 minutes. But after 15 minutes of talking, we want you to do like five minutes of interacting with the audience and coach yeah. them through what you want them. Yep. So that's, that's good. number one. And then number two is to interact and interact often, which pair, I, I just mentioned interaction, but a lot of times people will, they, they can, you can plan short segments, but if you want your audience to really be engaged and paying attention, get them to interact in some small way, whether that's doing a poll, yep. typing something in chat whatever that looks like for you. And, and we've got a bunch of ideas around that as well. And then the last one is to entertain. Yep. Be and here's the thing is because you're interacting on a screen, which like people are used to being entertained on a screen. They've got YouTube, they've got Netflix, they've got Disney uh, Plus. Yeah. TV so, for generations. Exactly. So yeah. entertain someone. And if you can do that, if you can do short segments, interact with them and entertain, I guarantee your audience is going to have a good time and your event's going to be classified like labeled as enjoyable. Yeah. Wow. I, those are super helpful. I think that just some of those principles, really practical, you know, switching things up often, especially for a virtual audience. I mean, because a, a distraction is often a click away and, you know, and so keeping people to, 
even if they do click away, they're not gone for long because they're coming back. They're curious about what's happening next. And so um, I think that that is, is really rich and, and a, good, a great way to elevate your experience. Well, and I just wrote that phrase down, which is the perfect segue. <laughs> now I get to start interviewing you and hearing more of your thoughts. You you said distraction is often a click away. That is, that's one of the best quotes for virtual events that I've heard for distractions since this whole thing started. So th- thanks. That was awesome. All sorts of nuggets whole- in the, today's conversation. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta post on LinkedIn about this and this. I'm so excited for all the, the great thoughts that are coming out of this.